हेलो एवरीवन दिस इज कथक का चक्कर माय नेम इज प्रमित एंड दिस प्लेस इज डिजाइन टू बी अ सेंट्रल प्लेटफॉर्म टू ब्रिंग कॉन्वर्सेशंस विद कथकर्स अक्रॉस द ग्लोब द फॉलोइंग इज अ कॉन्वर्सेशन विद ईश्वरी कुलकर्णी who is a kathak artist from mumbai and a versatile dancer with an enigmatic stage presence she pursued her masters degree in performing arts kathak under the able guidance of the renowned guru shrimati shama bhate ji from bharti vidyapeeth pune ishwari has been associated with the nadrup dance troupe and has traveled and performed in several dance festivals like the madam menaka choreography movement the indra dhanush festival art of silence Anubandh 2020 Anubhuti 2021 to name a few she has been bestowed with the student excellency award by the Akhil Bharatiya Gandharva Mahavidyalaya and has also been actively associated with theater with her performances in Savai Utanga and INT which is the Indian National Theater she is currently working as an instructor at Sumit Nagdev Dance Arts and Blitz Academy and Vishwakurukul Mumbai her recent work counts to her performance at Mumbai International Film Festival and a workshop conducted by Yuvak Biradri Bharat and Times Awards 2022 Economics Times Awards 2022 and a recent performance on the platform of the stage and a few other solo performances to her credit Yeah Namaste Shri thanks for coming on and uh, just to get started wanted to know what was the highlight of your week Hi Pramit Namaste thank you for having me on board um so right now this week is all about diwali in india mm-hmm. so it's it's a festive season here and um, after two years of covid you know mm-hmm. the enthusiasm of uh, celebrating this festival is very much high here mm-hmm. this time so festive season is the highlight of this week definitely yes for sure and yeah on that note happy diwali to you as well and yes, wish you the same thank you and i guess getting to my first question initially very curious like when it comes to attracting audiences towards the classical dances what do you think the new generation can do about it right so um i am basically based in bombay i'm mm. here in mumbai and um, the biggest creative challenge that i have today is uh, just a, just a second so i'm basic okay so i'm a kathak dancer based in mumbai and uh, the biggest challenge that i have here is the audience and the demand of the audience here is both hmm. they wish to see classical in its pure form hmm. but with a twist of modernity in it as well okay hmm. and me being a kathak dancer trained in a very traditional format i have to make it very creative and it becomes very challenging for me to to present the same traditional um recipe in a very modern way mm. so if i have to attract today's audience uh, in my city um i have to make my traditionalism look a bit modern without disturbing its its cultural base understood and so on that note when it comes to say putting a twist uh, and keeping the tra- same traditional base do you have an example you can walk us through that could be like a choreography you did one performance you did or something you're working on right now 
Yeah, so I can just take you to my recent solo performance. Mm -hmm. And um, it was a platform where we had been given um, uh, a theme and the yes. theme was journey. So we okay. had to interpret journey in our mm -hmm. own ways or in our own forms. Mm -hmm. Now, um, we had various art forms on the same platform. Okay, we had contemporary, we had mime, we had Kathak, we had... Um, jazz and and many more now um i was very stubborn on the fact that if i have been chosen as a classical dancer yeah i'm not going to compromise on my classicism hmm. so a i have to present my core kathak but b the audience is is very modern and their expectation from me was um not performing the the regular traditional solo repertoire that we usually perform hmm. so so what i did was i smartly chose a track which which had both hmm. which had a kind of uh, of jamming between indian and western instruments hmm. and so so it had a base of of indian culture hmm. of uh, of kathak of classicism but it was modern in its aspect too so so both of my aims were were accomplished at that time mm -hmm. so uh, yeah understood and what was the uh, what was the audience reaction to that how did they take it what kind of questions did you get after the stage and yeah i was curious about that so so i chose the track of ustad tofik qureshi ji mm -hmm. and um, i was very confident about the track but I was not sure how audience would react to it because mm -hmm. the track was a bit complex in its uh, technicality. Okay, yeah. so the normal audience might not have understood the calculations and the technicalities of the track. I was a bit doubtful about that, mm -hmm. but trust me, after the performance, they had a loop of the rhythm. So everyone was just singing my track and I was so happy that at least I could reach up to them and they could have the loop. Mm -hmm. I performed a, a pure classical piece and also made the audience reach mm. and you know even they had the loop i i'm not sure if they might have understood the technicalities of the track but certainly the rhythm reached them i was happy that you know classical music or classical dance could reach up to them mm -hmm. understood and so on that note uh, i'm very curious about this so since you're in this place where so many other dance forms exist and not just like say this part where you perform or say mumbai uh, in mumbai itself uh in you might find yourself in a lot of spaces where you are representing kathak in itself right like people are forming their perception of kathak based on what they're seeing of you i assume that's kind of a big responsibility also right so how does that sit upon your shoulders how do you kind of move confidently with it how do you kind of hold yourself in those spaces i'm very curious about that hmm. uh, i think there are two um, aspects of looking at this question sure one is when there is a very um, wide audience that is looking at me as a classical dancer yeah. or precisely let's say kathak dancer mm -hmm. there are two main uh, perspectives that they are going to hold that right. is kathak equals to chakras mm -hmm. kathak equals to footwork right that is their general perception about my art form mm -hmm. definitely i feel um, very happy that you know the two main aspects of kathak have reached the normal audience hmm. 
so so that is there but when you say that there is a responsibility that lies mm-hmm. so i have been trained under an environment where i have been taught to look beyond these core aspects and to dive into the nuances of kathak as well mm-hmm. and when i say nuances it means kathak is also about beautiful abhinaya kathak is also about the ang or the the body the use of body that we call mm-hmm. kathak is also majorly also about the rhythm mm-hmm. the lay the speed mm-hmm. so yes kathak is about chakkas and footwork mainly but there is a lot more beauty to the art form as well mm-hmm. so when there is a generalized perception about kathak i feel i feel good that they know what my art form is or what are the major aspects of my art form but i feel responsible that the the smaller details of the art form should also reach i am very curious about people's pre performance rituals like before you get on stage you know everyone has their things they do like they sometimes people like to call their gurus and just get their blessings some people just like to not talk to anyone and be like a completely silent space for you what do you do to get your head right or get your mind in the right space before stepping on stage so i have tried it's a very good very interesting question rather um i have tried and tested various methods that would work for me but mm-hmm. i finally reached on a one particular method that really does work for me right so once i am ready to start my makeup i have my phone off mm. i just give away my phone okay and um, i i make sure that i am i'm by myself mm-hmm. i'm not talking to anyone i'm in my own zone right so i and i enjoy the process of getting ready Hmm. for my classical performance okay so very minute details of wearing the jhumka and wearing the dupatta and you know all the the dressing mm-hmm. so i enjoy the process and in the process i try to get into the into the zone mm-hmm. now a uh, pre performance ritual is definitely um, it it involves two things mm-hmm. one is the physical warm up the body warm up that one requires to perform for uh, 20 30 whatever minutes mm-hmm. and one is the mental warm up mm. now uh, either i would um i would pray or i would meditate um anything whatever my mind would ask me to do mm-hmm. so either i would go for a for a mental warm up and a physical warm up both okay. without that it's it becomes difficult to go on stage because i feel both are equally important if your body is well warmed up but if you're not there at that point of time hmm. becomes it you you kind of remain deviated for a certain time on stage hmm you 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 take time to you know get into the zone on stage if you're mentally there but if you're physically not warmed up hmm. then it becomes very difficult to dance right. so i feel both are important so those are my pre rituals okay And so, and so, from what I understand, you keep your phone off. You're kind of really present in the process of dressing up, and you have physical and mental warm-ups. That kind of really helps there. And since you're talking about solo performances, I'm very curious about this. So, you know, since Kathak was has traditionally been a solo art form, but now the group is a huge part of it as well. And um, I wanted to know, like, based on your experiences with solo and group, which one do you lean more towards? What have you learned from dancing solo and dancing group, and how does that? think come together for you for you as an artist um again it's a very good question because both of them group performances as well as solo performances mm-hmm. um they add up your personality mm-hmm. as a dancer okay now speaking of group performances of course there are a lot of advantages that you get yeah. a you have 
other talented artists dancing around you mm-hmm. with you so that gives you a space to understand everyone's timing mm-hmm. everyone's uh, process everyone's uh, pace of learning mm-hmm. of delivering the piece and it also so because uh, so if for example if i'm performing with a group for almost more than 5 to 6 years yeah. i'm already gelled up with the other artists that i'm going to share the stage with yeah and it it becomes a kind of comfort zone hmm. okay and cut to uh, when we talk about solo performances um i feel it's like you have your own kingdom to to rule on right okay when you're performing solo it's like this when when they say the stage is yours mm. i i believe i tell myself this is my kingdom mm-hmm. i am the queen for next 20 minutes mm-hmm. and i'm going to rule the stage right that is my attitude now um, again it depends on your personality as a dancer as well okay you have your own personality and you have a personality as a dancer i believe hmm. so uh, i i observe a lot of artists yeah. there are a few artists you know they are born soloists Hmm. you know their art or their talent their performance will flourish when they are performing solo hmm. okay i love performing both right group as well as solo but if asked my my majority will go towards solo performance again um, because of my personality hmm. let's say or because i i enjoy performing solo it gives me a liberty Mm-hmm. a kind of liberty to have my own uh, space on stage mm-hmm. to to have my own space with the musicians and yeah yeah as an only child i totally understand the need for like liberty space and having your own peace that way and right. since you you talked yeah i mean you made a very interesting quote about some people are born soloists so of that comes my next question you know some artists are born Uh, some artists are born plus they work hard some people aren't born artists and they just work hard where do you what category do you put yourself in like very curious about that did you feel you were born an artist and you work up hard and get got there or where do you feel where you lie in that kind of spectrum god that's a that's a bit tricky question to answer mm-hmm. but um, as of now i know that i started dancing when i was very young yeah. at the age of 7 and um, as a child because as children we don't know what our future holds yes but as a child when i was learning kathak mm-hmm. i knew that i can relate to this thing that is what i knew mm-hmm. and this is something different that is happening with me that mm-hmm. is what i knew mm-hmm. and slowly as years passed by i started liking the art form mm-hmm. it it transformed into my passion mm-hmm. and now i have a very clear idea that I can do other things. I can be good at it, but if I have to be best and extraordinary, that is dance. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, yeah. Understood. And while while you're talking about learning, you know, you've learned Kathak a certain way, and you know, everyone who teaches kind of learns a certain way, and they, depending on the circumstances they are presented with, they also teach differently. So how would you say you teach differently than how you were taught? Right. so um as a student i come from an environment mm-hmm. where every piece is mm-hmm. taught very systematically and in a very disciplined form right there is a, there are certain steps 
by which you will learn the piece so for example my guruji would first teach me how to do padhan of a particular piece mm-hmm. once i am in in the in the padhan zone i have got the tukda then she'll move on to teaching me the footwork of the piece then we move on to the hastaks then we join the pieces and voila we have a we have an entire tukda with with us yeah. and that that is how i have been taught and i strongly believe that this is the best technique um that one could follow um and i do follow the the same technique but with a slight of uh, with a slight extension to it okay so after teaching the padhan yeah. then the footwork then the hastaks i give so because this is my personal opinion that if i have five students standing in front of me yeah. all five are different hmm. okay so after teaching um the the piece and the hastak to all five students mm-hmm. i take a step back and i give them a certain liberty to connect with the hastak that has been taught because i don't want to make it very technical for them if i'm teaching 1 2 3 yeah the technique will remain same you have to one you have to look 1 2 and up at 3 that mm. is not going to change okay. but i ask my students to relate that 1 2 3 with something on their own Hmm. You have to relate it to something, as if you're looking here and someone has called you. Okay, you've looked there. Try hmm. relating that that hastak to something. Okay. Because, and and it's very uh, beautiful to see how every girl will relate to every hastak in a very different kind of way. Hmm. Right. And then I take a step back. I ask them to connect with the piece, mm-hmm. and then I supervise whether everything they are doing it correctly, whether dhata okay. is right, whether tathe the that is right. I'll supervise, but mm-hmm. at the same time, I'll give them a certain kind of liberty to connect with the piece. Mm-hmm. And then there is practice. Then there is supervision. Then there are corrections, and there is more practice. And mm-hmm. that's how we go. And once I, ha- as as a mentor, as uh, as a mentor, I have a conf- I get the confidence that okay. she has got the piece then i'll take two steps back and let her enjoy the piece as she wants once she's technically there i let her enjoy the way she wants okay hmm. i really like what you said about relating it to something in your life that that's something that i've heard, never heard before so that's interesting for me and in term when you're talking since you're talking about students could you tell us about like where do you teach what's the environment like what kind of dance experience do your students have what kind of background do they come in with we'd love to know some of that right so right now i have a few uh, students that have been learning from me since quite a time since let's say 3 to 4 years now okay and they have um, they have started with their intermediate course mm-hmm. and then i have extreme beginners so because in mumbai we do have a kind of studio culture um, that has opened up right now so i do teach in a few studios out there yeah. and i also have a batch of my own mm-hmm. uh, which belongs to the intermediate course okay understood and you said studio culture could you tell us a little bit about what that means to someone who hasn't who doesn't know about mumbai studio culture right so um it's um definitely it's a very new culture that has stepped in after uh, covid let's say for example okay so in mumbai we have many dance studios so okay. they have created a concept of of creating a platform for students to learn many 
or dance forms at the same place oh. so it's like a dance hub i see you might yeah you might have one dance studio where students can learn mm-hmm. jazz students can learn contemporary yeah students can learn uh, salsa bachata and kathak you might also have vocals there you might have someone learning guitar and tabla so it's a very hybrid learning space let's say okay so that's very that's very interesting because i remember my teacher used to tell me from it like when you're kind of picking up one dance from try not to pick too many because that introduces new vocabulary in your body and that might confuse you um but i also understand why someone you would just wants to try everything and kind of get the most value so to speak quote and quote so if you're dealing with students who have do that many that much vocabulary coming in from different dance classes how do you kind of work with that because they might learn something in this class that may not work in the context of kathak how do you deal with all of that right so um i have a batch that is currently on mm-hmm. and the same batch is learning ballet mm-hmm. and kathak yeah. now if we closely observe um even though the bo- even though both art forms are very different from each other but yeah. let's say the stance of that there is a kind of similarity with the stance of the art form okay if you see the if you see ballet dancers they have a certain stance and so do uh, the kathak dancers right now uh, the same batch that i'm working with mm-hmm. now the this very batch is learning ballet mm-hmm. they are learning contemporary they are learning uh, bollywood yeah and they are learning kathak as well so um, it becomes really challenging for me mm-hmm. to as beginners Hmm. to you know inculcate those those uh, how do you say those kathak values in them right yeah. from the beginning because they've already because their body is already used to the the flow and the movement of contemporary the hold and stance of ballet yeah. or just letting yourself because in kathak in classical dance we do not let our bodies you know just flow away with the space we try to hold it in a particular form and that makes it classic right and here we have different cultures at one place so mm-hmm. as as a as a tutor as an instructor yeah. it is very difficult it is it is real. if you give me a very new student who has not learned dance yeah. it becomes easy to you right. know get that kathak stance or any other dance style but when you have students learning various dance forms and kathak it becomes it becomes challenging but also you might have one amongst them who would catch the stance also very quickly and beautifully manage all styles when required you i also have students like this if you see her performing ballet she'll just perform ballet you won't even notice that she's learning kathak if right. she's performing kathak she's there in kathak zone and mm-hmm. not bollywood zone so maybe that's her inbuilt ability or she's smartly using her her uh, body movement or body pace mm-hmm. so yeah that that's definitely a challenge as of now understood so some people are able to compartmentalize it and some people you just it's just more work for you so on that note like for say kathak practitioners who are in the studio culture do you think it's valuable for them to learn more about the other dance forms that their students are absorbing so they can help them help teach their students better like is it useful for like a say kathak practitioners to sit in on a contemporary or ballet class to see what their students are learning given that this culture exists now 
um this is my personal opinion mm-hmm. i feel if you are very dedicated uh, towards learning indian classical dance yeah then you should um, you should focus yourself on learning one art form yeah but yes gaining knowledge or just you know experiencing other forms is okay but when it comes to learning i would still suggest that you stick to one form if if my student asks me if my student is curious enough yeah. like i have my i have one of my student who is very curious about ballet she's mm-hmm. 12 years old and right from age 7 she's learning kathak so all these years she's learning kathak and now she has developed an interest about ballet mm-hmm. now um, it will be very unfair for me to stop her from not going ahead and knowing the art form yeah so i do encourage her but i also tell her that you know your body has adapted to the style of kathak so so maintain that hmm. so she would just go and sit in ballet classes just because she's curious she would read about ballet hmm. which i feel is 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 fine and one should know about other art forms but uh, letting your body adapt to different art forms is 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 a bit questionable understandable and the next thing i want to talk, talk to you about is audience perception you know because like a lot of us kind of absorb the world through social media and including kathak so how do you feel like the perception of kathak has been faced shaped through social media so to speak right so um, i might just share this uh, fun fact with you that i have been kind of uh, experimenting with my social media mm-hmm. so when i realized the fact that if i have to grow as as an artist out there i have to build my image out there i have to be very active on social media there is no other option yeah. in today's day now when we talk about platforms like instagram yep. there there are a lot of videos that are tagged under kathak okay mm-hmm. they are beautiful in their own sense but uh, whether it's kathak it's questionable now when my audience demands me to perform the same thing that is not going to sit in uh, my my square in my boundaries so i try so for example if my audience is asking me to to just shoot a, a certain kind of footwork hmm on 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 a bollywood song right and and why don't you post on that song just make a footwork and i understand that okay the the requirement of my audience is me to post a footwork okay mm. b they're saying bollywood because they want it to be very rhythmic mm. so both these things are there are very independently present in my form in my traditional form i have many tihais which are very very rhythmic you know mm. which can be easily uh, comprehensive mm-hmm. and b of course i can show you a good good uh, footwork foot piece hmm. so i throw a tihai at them mm-hmm. which is going to be very rhythmic which is going to have that loop and i'm not going to compromise with uh, my uh, boundaries hmm. but i make sure that they still like it so i made an experiment lot of my friends even at a point my students started asking me why don't we make a reel on that bollywood song which which blew my mind at point but i made sure that i make a tihai yeah and i'll make sure that they get the loop of it and i and i did that i uploaded it on my instagram mm-hmm. and lot of people related to it and i got the same response so you don't necess- in order to meet the requirement of your audience you do not necessarily need to deliver the same thing 
-hmm. You can be little strict. You can have your own boundaries and yet deliver the same thing or the same requirement. I feel. Hmm. So I understand. I, I, that's very interesting. So when you, someone asks you to do something, you just you don't take it at face value. You understand what they're actually asking for and analyze what the basic principles are, and then you kind of fit it to what you're doing. That's really smart. And coming like and talking about content creation, each way, like some people are planners, they'll kind of sit down and write, I'm going to do this and this and this, and then they'll kind of plan out what, what, uh, what to put the camera, this, that, put the lights. And some people are just doers. They might just turn on the camera and just do a thousand takes till they get the perfect take. Right. Where in, in that spectrum, like planning everything out to just like, just doing it where, how do you do your content creation process? Very curious about that. Right. Very, very interesting. So, um, at the very beginning, I was very uh, motivated. I took up a diary yeah. and uh, 2nd October, 4th October, 6th mm. October, I, I wrote down all the dates and right. what I'm going to upload. One month before I'm going to make my content ready and ready to upload. And I, I did all of that. And uh, pretty much I had the material set, but sometimes as artists, you know, I just some a day arrives when I just don't get the, I just don't get into the zone and I don't want to force content. Hmm. Okay. So I don't force things. Right. If it comes to me naturally, I'll do it. I'll go for it. Okay. For example, I wanted to shoot a Padant video. Okay. Hmm. I have been getting a loop of one PI that I, I was taught. And since one entire week, I have been doing the Padanth of same PI in various lies and everything. So I thought, this is interesting. Why don't I make a video of it? And I'll just upload it as a reel. And, um, and, and I scheduled the reel, everything, everything. And that day I was ready with my Padanth. I was ready with all the, the Nagma and everything, Perfect. but the video just didn't work out. Mm. I don't know why just didn't happen just didn't happen the way i want and it, it it kind of stressed me out but i just took it in a very natural way and one fine day i'm just sipping my coffee and i get into the zone i take my camera out i start recording and voila the video is, is done hmm. so content is in a way planned but not actually scheduled understood so content is planned but not scheduled okay Schedule. okay i like that i like that and um let's see i want to see i want to just browse, browse through our remaining topics i think what we have left is thematic choreography and i was just wondering did we already touch upon thematic choreography when you were talking about your project in the beginning or is that something yeah, else totally okay. separate yeah yeah a bit we had we had a word about it okay understood so in that case yeah i'm looking at my list we've kind of covered everything we wanted to cover so for my final question Ishwari, this is what i'm very curious about like so when it comes to like making making it in Mumbai as a classical dancer, it's a tough ground, right? Because like the at least what I've heard, the metaphor I've heard is that you throw a stone and you're going to hit a dance academy. There's a lot of them out there, a tons of competition. So for someone to make it quote unquote, right, to make it or kind of make a living out of it as a classical dancer, could, oh, sorry, could you hear me? Yeah, can you okay. just repeat the question? Sorry. Sure. Yeah, I'm going to say so. Yeah, for my last question, Ishwari, I, what I wanted to kind of come up across is Mumbai feels like a very tough, a very competitive environment when you when it comes to dance. A metaphor someone who in Mumbai once told me is that if you hit a stone, you're going to hit a dance academy because there's so many of them. And so to make it as 
a classical dancer you know i understand that one part would be to like be very good at your art form that's kind of there but what for people who are trying to kind of come up there becoming dancers or kind of establishing themselves what kind of advice would you give them to kind of make it here as classical dancers as classical dancers want to make a living in mumbai i guess that's the way yeah right um i think as classical dancers if you want to sustain for a longer period of time or if you want to make it up to a larger audience mm-hmm. i think the, uh, i think the first basic thing that you need to have is take pride in your art form mm. be proud of what you're learning okay we have the biggest advantage as classical dancers that we are in our own country mm. tomorrow if i have to present uh, ramayana in front of any audience my audience already knows what ramayana is mm. it's not that difficult okay compared to uh, performing in abroad performing abroad sorry okay now i would say be don't be hesitant about your art form be very proud of your culture be very, be very proud of your tradition and today if classical dancers take pride in their culture and tradition then there is no scope for compromise or there is no scope of you know playing with your boundaries then mm. we are safe we right. are in we are in a good we are, we are in a good zone mm. and um, speaking of living you know uh, how to make your source of income as classical dancers uh it's difficult <laughs> at least as of now for mm-hmm. my beginning uh, of my career it's it's a bit difficult because performances are not highly paid until it's a very high end show or a corporate show mm-hmm. but um, as artists i feel uh, the first purpose should be art mm. and then commercializing the art because every artist also needs bread and butter to survive i agree and so do i but uh, the main purpose of learning dance was not earning money the main purpose of doing my riyas every day was not earning money mm. was to find the purpose of my life to mm. find the meaning of my life and that is dance mm. as simple as that but having said that if i want to uh, survive and make this as my career right. yes i also have to find my ways to earn money out of it and to make it commercial yeah understood so the three things you kind of talked about sure is mm, yeah one was having pride in your art the second was kind of finding meaning and purpose behind it and third kind of focusing on commercializing it um yeah because that kind of wraps this up usually thanks a lot for coming on i'd say my, the favorite part of it was like i think throughout the questions you kind of break it uh, you kind of break it down into the principles of it and then proceed to answer it and that's kind of how you've been focusing your dance as well when it comes to presenting it to your audience so yeah thanks a lot for coming on it was really enjoyable pramit thank you so much for having me on board and i think it's a lovely initiative that you have started um you know making kathak dancers you know we have watched kathak dancers but you know uh, making kathak dancers speak and giving them a platform to to you know express themselves or to interrogate with them is 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 wonderful on your part so congratulations to you as well